Welcome to the Checkpoint Charlie podcast. I'm your host, Charlie James, as always. And thank you so much for tuning in. Don't forget to like, subscribe, download, all that hooky-doo that you do with podcasts these days, you crazy kids. What's wrong with you? Also, tune in each weekday to News Talk 98.9 WORD, the voice of the Carolinas, for the Charlie James Show, 3 to 7 p.m. I would appreciate that as well. Now, I need your help in this podcast, if you don't mind, because I'm thinking about writing a children's type book. And I just want to kind of float some ideas on you um, on this episode of the podcast. So it's going to be called Joppy, the Scared Little Elephant. Now, um, Joppy is uh, an elephant, and he's a big, uh, intimidating creature in the animal kingdom. And Joppy has a lot of respect from a lot of the other animals uh, uh, there. And, and the animals elected Joppy to be their leader. So Joppy was doing what, and Joppy had good ideas. Joppy had really good ideas. He had really good policies. He knew, he knew what would help the, uh, the other animals in the kingdom. And he made sure that all of the animals um, uh, were, were protected and taken care of and that life was good for all of the animals throughout the kingdom. But there were the other, these other animals over here, and these were the donkeys. Now, the donkeys, they did not like Joppy because, you see, they thought they weren't getting their fair share. They thought that all of the animals of the animal kingdom should be um, really uh, giving more of themselves to the donkeys, you see. So the Donkeys had a real problem with Joppy, the elephant, and they knew they had some allies. So the, um, the donkeys go to the jackals, the media, and uh, they tell the media, uh, the jackals rather, they tell the jackals um, that they don't like Joppy. They don't like the plans that Joppy has. They don't like Joppy's idea and that Joppy was too old fashioned. He was just an old fuddy duddy. And those and, and all of those old fashioned ways, because remember, elephants never forget, but those old fashioned ways of Joppy, they're just not good for this modern era that the animals were in. So the hyenas, the media, they start siding with the donkeys, and they start calling Joppy awful names. Oh, saying that Joppy hated certain animals in the animal kingdom, saying that Joppy was unfair, and like the donkey said, that Joppy was too outdated, uh, and, and his policies were too old in a modern animal kingdom. Well, there were some other animals over here that used to, uh, you know, associate themselves with Joppy. But those animals... They started listening to the donkeys and to the hyenas. And these animals were the rhinos. So the rhinos, they go to Joppy and they say, Listen, Joppy, uh, man, those, uh, those hyenas, they're, they're really giving you the business. I mean, they're making you look bad to all the animals in the kingdom. You know, those donkeys and, and the hyenas, here's what you need to do. You need to start changing. You need to soften your ways. Joppy, you need to be more like the donkeys. You need to start doing things that will make the donkeys and the hyenas like you more. Because you see, 
all of that criticism that Joppy was getting, even though he knew he was right, even though he knew his policies were the best for the animal kingdom, I mean, getting beaten up every day by the hyenas and the donkeys, it was starting to weigh on Joppy, and it was starting to make him, make him feel bad. And one thing that Joppy really wanted was to be liked through all the animal kingdom, because he thought that's what good leaders were. They were liked and loved by everybody, you see. So Joppy decided uh, with the rhinos that he was going to soften his stance. He was going to soften up. Well, pretty soon, Joppy starts to lose his power. Joppy starts being laughed at even more. Joppy starts being criticized even more. And then he looks and he sees not only are the hyenas and the donkeys laughing and criticizing it, the rhinos are doing it as well. And then he realized that the rhinos were never his friends. The hyenas were never his friends. And certainly the donkey was never his friend. He realizes that he had been played by these animals. But by then it was too late. There wasn't a whole lot that Joppy could do about it. I mean, after all, he had already painted himself into the corner and he was kind of liked a little bit by a lot of the animals in the kingdom. He certainly didn't want to do anything to sacrifice that. But then one day, a lion came along, a lion with a golden mane. And this lion said, Joppy, sorry, man. You've gotten too weak. You've been listening to those rhinos. You've been listening to those hyenas. And you've been listening to those donkeys. I am going to be the leader. And you know what? The animal kingdom all got together and they said, yeah, we like this lion. This lion is powerful. This lion is speaking out against the donkeys. He's speaking out against the hyenas. He's speaking out against the rhinos. And yes, he's even speaking out against Joppy, who has let us down time and time again. So the animals vote for this lion to be their leader. And there was peace and there was harmony, and there was goodwill throughout the land, at least as far as the animal kingdom is concerned. But there were some folks in the animal kingdom that weren't all that happy. And who were they? The donkeys, the hyenas, the rhinos, and even Joppy. Even though Joppy knew that the lion was getting things done that nobody else could get done before in the animal kingdom, even Joppy turned against the lion, and they banished him from the kingdom. And then Joppy thought everybody would love him, but they didn't. No, 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 because you see, the hyenas and the donkeys and the rhinos, they had all schemed together to actually overthrow or change the election, steal it, if you will, from Joppy. So Joppy lost. And the donkeys won. And there was darkness, and there was misery, and there was despair all throughout the land. How's that? I mean, I, I, think, it's, I think it's going to be a fantastic book. I mean, I know i got to get some of the analogies and the metaphors uh, exactly right, but I think I might be on to something here.
so we all know exactly who I'm talking about with Joppy, the scared little elephant. Uh, If you haven't picked up on the metaphor, it is the GOP itself. The grand old party, the, 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 the elephant party against the Democrats and the media and the rhinos. That's where we are right now in our society. That's where we are in politics. And we are there because the GOP decided, and it had to be a decision. This wasn't just an accident. It was a decision because they were sick and tired of being called names. They were sick and tired of being called racist and homophobes and misogynist and Islamophobes and blobophobes and every phobe you could possibly imagine. They were sick and tired of being called that. So people like John Boehner decided that they were and even decided that, that they were going to soften up their image. Even George W. Bush, what was his uh, his slogan? Compassionate conservatism. That was just an appeasement to the left. That's all that was. We remember John Boehner, who would cry at the drop of the hat. Boy, there was nothing John Boehner liked more than having a good cry, a smoke, a bourbon, and a tanning bed session before handing over the gavel to Nancy Pelosi. John Boehner was the absolute king of rolling up in a ball in the corner and playing dead. Well, after him, we got Paul Ryan. Now, let me tell you what Paul Ryan said. When we elected Donald Trump as president, we also had, not only did we have the White House, we had the House and the Senate. And Paul Ryan was Speaker of the House. When a reporter asked Paul Ryan what he was going to do now that the GOP had the White House, the House, and the Senate, Paul Ryan said, well, this is a quote and you can look it up. And when I heard this, I literally threw up in my mouth a little bit. Paul Ryan said, well, I guess now we're going to have to learn to govern. What? What did you say? Now you're going to have to learn to govern? I thought that's why you went to Washington, D.C. in the first place. I thought that's why you went into politics in the first place. And now you're telling me that because you've got the control, you're going to have to learn to govern? I'm sorry, uh, Eddie Munster Jr. This is not on-the-job training. You should have been ready to govern from day one. But apparently you weren't. Apparently you were completely satisfied, like others, like Lindsey Graham and and John McCain and all of these Mitt Romneys of the world and and all those people who would rather sit in the back of the room and cry foul than ever, ever do anything. And they haven't. Remember, it was John McCain who campaigned on repeal and replace Obamacare. It was John McCain who campaigned on building a wall at our southern border. And then... Because it was Trump that could actually do it. It was Trump who could actually win his campaign against a Democrat, unlike John McCain. John McCain, in a fit of spoiled bratism, squelched, put the kibosh on both of those bills, the border wall and repeal and replace Obamacare. He was the deciding vote that killed it. Why? Why would you do that? 
Why would you go against what you campaigned on just because somebody else was able to get the job done that you weren't able to get done? These people, these people in the GOP that lost to the Democrats, they did not learn their lesson. They did. Look at Mitt Romney. Look at Mitt Romney. Harry Reid said, told people time and time again that Mitt Romney did not pay his taxes for 15 years. So what did Mitt Romney have to do? He had to take time out of his campaign and prove to the press and the American people, yes, look here, I did pay my taxes for 15 years. And when Harry Reid was asked about it by the media, what was his response? Well, it worked, didn't it? You would have thought that would have taught Mitt Romney everything he needed to know about the Democrats. You would have thought John McCain would have learned the same lesson when he ran against Barack Obama. You would have thought he learned a lesson there, but apparently he didn't. Because remember, John McCain was called every name in the book by the Democrats and still had the audacity to side with them against Donald Trump. Mercy. And then, of course, you've got our very own Lindsey Graham. Lindsey Graham, who sat there and had a, an absolute, oh, he had a hissy fit during the Kavanaugh hearing. Remember when he said, you want power? God help us if you ever get it. Well, guess what? They got it, Lindsey. They got it. And what did you do? The moment they got it, what did you do? On the floor of the Senate, you gave Kamala Harris a fist bump and a pat on the back. That's what you did. I am sick to death of the joppies, these scared little elephants that will not flex their muscles anytime. And even then, I was talking with Jeff Duncan the other day. This is before we found out about his extramarital affairs, by the way. He said that he was voting to keep the government open. And when I asked him about the power of the purse, he seemed really hesitant to use it. And even during that interview, you can go back and listen on the show podcast. Even during that interview, he said, well, we probably ought to fight a little harder. Probably ought to fight a little harder. I thought, again, that's why you were in Washington, D.C. I thought that's what you went there for. I'm pretty sure I can find some sort of an ad from the Jeff Duncan campaign that talked about fighting for the people of South Carolina, fighting for his district. And now you want to learn to fight? Makes me wonder just what else the Democrats have on people like this. It really is a shame. When the GOP is in power, they refuse to use it. When the GOP is in the minority, they refuse to use what little power they have. And I, for one, am sick and tired of these people rolling over and playing dead to the Democrats. Look at our border. Look at our economy. <clears throat> Look at, at everything that these people have touched over the years. Look at how they lied in 2016 and colluded with the Hillary Clinton campaign. Look at how they lied in 2020. Look at how the, uh, the, 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 the Democrats and the intelligence communities went to social media companies and told them to censor stories that conservatives were putting up. Look at how they're lying right now in the 2024 campaign. 
Look at how they're lying. Where is the outrage in Washington? There is none. There is none to be found. The only thing you can find in Washington, D.C. right now is Republicans and Democrats going to galas and cocktail parties and patting each other on the back and giving each other fist bumps. I'm tired of it. I'm tired of the sad little joppies. This is the Checkpoint Charlie Podcast.